Welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today, Elemental Coach Leanne Lang is back to talk to us about the sport of powerlifting. So a few weeks ago, Leanne competed in her third powerlifting meet, and I was there to witness the strength and power that it was. In this episode, Leanne is explaining what powerlifting is and the culture and community that surround it, why she loves the sport, and how her injuries impacted her mental state going into this competition. Leanne has been on the podcast before and she was talking about her journey through recovery. So it's a different conversation this time, but still very interesting and educational. And then my personal favorite part of this podcast is her giving you advice on how to manage your priorities and competing interests. Because even though you may not be training for an athletic event, like a powerlifting competition or a marathon, a triathlon, or a bodybuilding show, you still have a lot going on in your life. A lot of you, your career is an extreme sport. So how do you balance the demands of your career, your family, and your personal goals Without, you know, we only have 24 hours in a day. So how do we make this happen? So whether you have plans to compete in a sport or just need to learn how to manage all of your priorities and recovery, this is the episode for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Far From Perfect, everyone. We are back with Coach Leanne Lang. And it's been a while since we chatted, even though I still want us to talk about like the analogy of our money and nutrition and training and how that all goes in. So stay tuned for that because the parallels are like innumerable. Uh, the last time Leanne was here, we were talking about coming back from injury. And we're probably going to talk about, well, I know we're going to talk about that today, but we're specifically talking about her finishing and completing and doing really, really well in her third powerlifting meet. So Leanne, thanks for coming back. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Me too. So you guys, I don't want to dive too much into Leanne and I's background because we've already covered that and you probably know Leanne, but you probably don't know what powerlifting is. Like there are people who are going to the gym that actually have a purpose. Like they have a goal besides just like looking a certain way. And to me, that's what powerlifting is. So you can, can you describe, Leanne, what powerlifting is? Yeah, for sure. So um, I had no idea what powerlifting was either. Um, you know, I was getting serious about working out in the gym. I was working with a trainer. Um, and he said to me one day, like, you're really strong. And you're really pretty disciplined when it comes to the program. Have you thought about powerlifting? And it was a sport that my trainer um, had done through college. He'd done it in his kind of early 20s. And um, he was like, have you heard of this sport? And I'm, I had no idea, absolutely no idea what it was. But I was like, what do you, you know, he started showing me videos. So powerlifting, um, it's different than what you may kind of envision, like in a CrossFit sport or an Olympic weightlifting sport. Um, it is um, kind of 
your primary compound lifts movements. And so um, usually a powerlifting meet is set up in the way that you do a squat, bench, and deadlift. And this was like pretty important for me um, because I was looking for a sport. Well, I wasn't looking for a sport to begin with, but I was interested in this sport because of the low impact um, aspects of it. So, you know, I had done high intensity interval training before I had done a lot of jumping around and those things are great and they have a place in a training program, but this was really interesting to me because, um, you get to work on kind of strength building, um, without a lot of impact on joints, knees, um, sure it has its impacts on the body, which I'll touch on. Um, but it was, it was interesting to me and something I want to kind of point out about powerlifting, um, it's pretty predominantly men mm-hmm. <laughs> in that sport right now. So, um, it, you know, again, it's, it's your squat bench and deadlift. That's really what it is. Um, I have been participating in an association called USA powerlifting USA PL. And, um, they have meets across the country throughout the calendar year. Um, the Colorado association has gotten more popular in the last couple of years. And um, I have been competing the last several years um, in the women's raw open competitions. So this is a non-equipped category. I just squat, bench and deadlift. Um, You aren't allowed to have um, like performance enhancing equipment. So um, you don't, you can do knee sleeves, but not knee wraps. You don't use wrist wraps, like there's various, you know, things that you can or cannot compete with. Mm. Um, it is a drug tested um, association and category that I compete in. And, um, you know, it takes a lot of prep. So you can't just compete every weekend in a powerlifting competition. Mm-hmm. It, it really requires a lot of planning and timing. So that's kind of what the sport looks like. Um, like I said, it's really male dominant right now. But just since I've been participating in 2018, to now, um, I've seen a lot more women gaining interest in the sport. Yeah, what I love about it is the fact that um, it's not subjective at all. It is objective. It's like, that's why I loved swimming. It's not like ice skating or gymnastics where someone says you got a 10, someone says you got an eight. You either lift it a certain weight or you don't. And so there is clear cut, Yes, no's. And I think that's really powerful for women. Um, I don't know. You just you just know where you stand in this sport. And then also totally. seeing these women who are so strong. Like you think you're strong. I mean, that's this is what I said to myself when I was watching. I was like, you think you're strong, Kylie? You're not. You are not strong. Yep. And in it's interesting too, because in these, in this association particularly, it's a mix of amateur athletes. And people that are really taking it seriously, you know, national qualifying athletes, um, college athletes, like there's, you know, people that are really serious about it mm-hmm. and people that are serious about it, but aren't doing it full time. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. I, as a participant in the meet, I, I remember like, especially that first one I came into, it was eyes wide open, like oh my gosh, these women are so strong. These, these women are so cool. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of backstage behind the curtain and you're meeting these people that 
they're so strong. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So just the exposure to both, you know, amateur athletes or people that are doing their very first powerlifting meets to people that have been kind of focused on this for many years. Well, and back to the subjective and objective thing, you know, through our coaching, we're constantly trying to get women away from only focusing on how they look. And this sport really helps you do that. It has zero to do with how you look. The judges do not care how you look. You don't care. I mean, of course you care, but that's not the point of this sport. This is how much can you lift? And I feel like we need that as women. We need to know that it's not just about the way that we look. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I went many years with like, here's what I want to weigh. You know, I'm going to lose weight. I need to be this number. I need to be this size. It is refreshing to go from those numbers to, okay, like here's how much I'm lifting and what can I do with that? Um, There is a weight aspect. I do want to be clear, um, a weight aspect to the sport. You need to know what you weigh the day you're going to lift because Mm -hmm. they want to put you in the correct brackets with other lifters that weigh around the same as you, because somebody who is a small person versus somebody who is a big person, they're going to be lifting on a different level, Mm -hmm. um, just given kind of how (laughs) physics in the body works. (laughs) So there's an element there, and I'll touch a little bit on what that does um, with mindset and things like that, but it's not about how you look here. It's how much can you lift? How strong are you? Here's the numbers. Here's the rules. You have to follow these commands. It just feels nice to be focused on something different other than weight loss, waist measurement, size of clothing. Like, sure, those things pop into my mind, but that's not what this sport is. And then being surrounded by people who are also in the same boat to where those things just aren't even part of the normal conversation. And that's why community is so important. And that's why Leanne and I are so passionate about our VIP community, because, you know, we're in this place where we are focused on eating enough. We are focused on not dieting all the time. We are focused on lifting heavy when in the real life, you know, Amber might have her sister saying that she's starting this new diet every single month. Um, I might have my neighbor saying that she's starting this new diet every month or complaining about how her jeans don't fit. But when you're surrounded by people who are talking about this, like how strong they are, and they're focused on how much they're going to pull, and what's your PR for this? It's just a different conversation. It's a different conversation. And it's nice to switch up the conversation a little bit because we get burned out on the other conversation sometimes. So, well, how did, um, your, how did your injuries play into this round? If you guys don't know, Leanne has had surgery on both of her knees. Yep. 2019 and 2021. I did one in 19 and one in 21. Yep. Did that factor into your training at all this go around? For sure. So um, to be clear, I did did not injure myself in this sport. Yeah. Some do. That does happen. And I did have some of that. But I, um, so I did my first meet in 2018. I was in great shape, feeling good. Very first meet. I went in just to get exposure. Two weeks after my first meet, I fell skiing and I tore my ACL on one of my knees. And to be completely honest, I can't remember if it was right or left right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think a lot going on, everyone. I think it was left. 
it it doesn't matter because I'm I'm back from it. But so I had that torn ACL in um in um 19. Okay. So I had that surgery. It is a, it's a six month of grueling PT and recovery, but it's really a year until you're not thinking about it every day anymore. And arguably you're still thinking about it. Yeah. Then, um, I skied again for my other ACL in 21 and, um, same thing, six months to a year, you know, you're thinking about it daily. I don't, the rehab for ACL surgery is um, nothing like I expected in my thirties. You get, you, you hear you, a lot of people have had the surgery. You just don't know until you're in it. It's, it's a long process. Um, so then I had that surgery and in August of 22, I did another powerlifting competition and my knees played a really big role in that because it felt like kind of my comeback mm-hmm. <laughs> Two knees later I'm lifting incredible amount of weight. Um, I did actually have an injury leading up to that meet. So my second meet, um, I was about four weeks out and I was deadlifting heavy, but not heavy peak. And I felt a slip in my back. That was really scary. One of those, take your breath away. Um, what just happened? Did I slip something in my spine? Like, is there a disc? What, what is happening? Um, and it was really, really scary. And I went and got it checked out and it ended up, it was my SI joint, which was a relief in some ways. Um, it's a pretty, if you get on top of it, you can re rehab it pretty quickly. Went to PT, was doing body work every couple of weeks, like, but I was really struggling into that second meet, um, from a sports psychology standpoint, every time I touch the bar and get ready to lift, I was scared. There was this element of fear And it was really interesting because I had some of that fear pop in after the knee surgeries and getting ready and lifting again for the first time. But there was just this element of fear, like no other, like, am I going to mess up something? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was my SI joint. So it was uh, primarily on my left side from kind of like my knee to my glute to my lower back. So it was, um, like I said, it was scary. I had just done like two years of knee rehab. And the last thing I wanted was like a surgery, another rehab. And keep in mind, I had mentioned like I was in great shape on that first meet. The reality after you are rehabbing injuries like that is your body is going to change. Okay. So to somebody who doesn't know a lot about my experience or is just kind of looking, you know, outsider looking in, and I'm going to put it pretty bluntly. I gained a lot of weight. (laughs) Okay. I was gaining weight. I was rehabbing a knee. I was focused on healing. I was not focused on fat loss. I was focused on making my knees bend again and getting back to the sport, getting back to work, getting back to my daily. So when I say an outsider looking in sees, okay, Leanne's putting weight back on. That's really interesting. And by the way, I had a weight loss journey before yeah. Years before outsider looking in what's going on with Leanne, like, hello, I'm like healing, you know, I'm, I'm doing all these things. It was not a priority of mine. Mm-hmm. I do want to be clear while I was adding back some weight to my body comp, um, in general, feeling really good because I am focused on healing. 
getting back to my sport, all these other things that I really wanted to be doing. So I just want to be clear, like your experience is going to be your experience. Mm -hmm. Someone else might see something differently, but what is your experience in all of this? Like it's a years long story for me. And honestly, more than that, three years. It is. I mean, and not including your weight loss journey prior. Right. It's a years long experience. And it's really about my experience, Mm -hmm. not. And and sometimes that experience did feel a little bit low to me because I was, I felt really good before as well. Mm -hmm. But I was just in a place where I had to focus on healing for a long time. Well, and I think, you know, people come to us all the time. We'll have gals in the group. They're like, I have to have surgery. What should I do with my macros? I can't do anything. Healing itself is a goal. It's just like, so you mean you had two goals, healing and returning to sport. So that's going to require nutrients. Nutrients are food. Yep. Healing, breast augmentation. Like you need to eat when you come back from your mommy makeover from whatever. You don't slash calories because you're not working out. You need to fuel your body so your body can recover. Correct. I love that you brought that up. And when you start to train for an event, like mm-hmm. I then decided to do, you know, I, w- I want to do this powerlifting knee. I want to come back from these knee injuries. You really have to focus on fueling your body. Mm-hmm. I have, since I've started doing this sport, I can't be in fat loss all the time. No, I will not perform as an athlete in this sport if I am doing that. Yeah, that is not part of the equation. <laughs> It's not part of the equation. It is actually frowned upon in the equation. I want to be, I want in certain times of the year to feel good and um, be comfortable in my skin and maybe lean up in certain areas, but I'm not going to be training for a powerlifting meet at the same time. And, you know, oftentimes, and Kylie, I know you've had this experience, you talk to clients and they're like, okay, well, what's your goal? And it's like, well, I really want to like get stronger and build muscle but I need to lose 15 pounds. And it's like, we got to, I know it feels so basic, but you've really got to figure out what your priority is and Mm -hmm. does it align with your values? So Mm -hmm. is it going to happen? If your social life and going out with your friends and your family is a very high priority for you, you're not going to be in a strict fat loss Mm -hmm. at that time, right? You You can make it work and put it in, you know, make it a reasonable fat loss period where you can balance it out with those activities. But if you're going to be doing a lot of that, or you're going to be training for an event or some, you have to prioritize your goal. And I'm going to say, pick, pick one. Yeah. (laughs) Pick one goal. So it became my goal to kind of come back and lift again and get in another one of those competitions. I had a really great experience in the first one. First one, I mean, I was pretty low bottom of the totem pole, like performance wise, but I had a ball doing it. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to get back to it. Um, so I came back, but I had that SI joint issue. I didn't lift optimally in my second knee either, but then, you know, my goal became showing up, doing my best and kind of getting my head in the game after mm-hmm. that slip in my SI joint. So the second meet was about getting there. Yeah. Well, and like, I always, I was there, right? And I I still get nervous. You, your first lifts were your squats. And Chris, Leanne, son was like, Kylie, I've never seen you this nervous. I'm like, 
All I see when Leanne squats are her two ACL surgeries. So forgive me if I'm a little nervous that she has almost 300 pounds on her back and she's going to bend down and then come back up. <laughs> I know, right? So, and I used to have like those visions after my surgery too. Like, are my knees just going to like snap? Yeah. <laughs> are they going to snap, right? So, you know, and I had had minor, minor things, you know, feeling this, feeling that during training for that second cycle. I went into that second cycle, just like, got to get it done. And I made mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of those mistakes were, um, having a lot to do with recovery. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I was doing a proper warm up, but I would just feel little pains here. And like what I wasn't thinking about when I wasn't lifting what I should be doing. It was all about the lift. It was all about getting to the training, getting into the, you know, the session with the trainer to prepare for the meet. I was not thinking about the other four days of the week where I'm not lifting. Okay. This is really powerful. That's great. Yeah. So like I made mistakes and I know that contributed to the aches and pains. You know, I had psoas, something going on there. Um, then the slit, the SI joint, I know it contributed and I probably wasn't taking care of my recovery regimen the way I should have been. So I did that meet in August of 22. And then, um, pretty much right after it's like, just, I know I can, I can do better. I can Mm -hmm. do better. Again, I didn't perform that well in meet number two. Um, and I told my coach, you know, can you handle me for another prep? <laughs> but, but again, you can't do these things back to back. You need 10 to 12 weeks to really prep a program to get into a meet. So I said, Hey, you know, I've got my eyes on this meet in May. What would you think about me doing that? And by the way, I had a couple breakdowns with the coach. He was there when the SI joint issue happened. Um, you get into this state where it's like, oh man, I'm a grown woman and I'm all emotional to this guy that comes to my house and it's his job. I feel so bad, you know, like, and we shouldn't feel bad for our emotions. No, this, this stuff's hard. So anyway, I get, I get ready to, um, train for the May meet that I just did. And I went in and this prep felt way different in general, um, because I made a huge commitment at that point, um, to ask for help from the experts Mm. and more than I had already gotten on board with hiring a trainer, trainers need trainers, like, or somebody programming your stuff. But I really needed to think about the stuff that's happening, not during a lift session. Yeah. So, um, Lifting is is the priority when you're preparing for something like that, but you have to prioritize recovery. And it, from the very beginning of preparing for this last meet, I told my trainer, I told my husband and the people close to me, I said, I'm really going to prioritize recovery. And it really, it that is powerful for me. And I've said this to clients too, you've got to communicate to the people around you for two reasons, so that they're on board with what your priority is. Mm -hmm. And if you say it out loud, it's a bigger commitment to yourself as well. Mm -hmm. So if you have a goal or something you want to be working on, 
tell everyone you can. Yeah. Cause they're going to ask you and you're going to be like, uh, actually. <laughs> yeah. And like, if you only tell yourself that you're going to do that, <laughs> you have an out. You have an out. Nobody knew. That's Nobody why I never knew. tell anyone if I go into fat loss. <laughs> right. Like you don't have to, if it's just you, like, right. and then you might kind of beat yourself up on it. You just don't need to do it that way. Like, and I'm not saying force something and stick with it when it's not right. Communicate if that changes as well. But if you're telling more people around you, you just, you, you're not giving yourself an easier out. Um, so I told everyone around me, like, I'm going to do this neat. And I'm going to focus on recovery. I need you all to know that around me. So um, there were some, like I said, the lifting has to be a priority. So the official meat prep takes 10 to 12 weeks. Okay. I'm looking at my calendar and I've got all this stuff on it. <laughs> I, I, I did. Yes. I have to interject. You guys need to know. Okay. Yes, Leanne is a coach with me. That is her side side gig. She has a a, a very full time job, very, very full time job, full-time and she plus. also travels and is very busy. So I don't want you to think that Leanne is just lifting and eating and recovering because that could not be farther from the truth. I know, and it's so hard when you commit to something like this. And I'm, you know, I'm feeling torn. Like I've got a career that's really important to me. I'm married to a wonderful man. And that is really important to me. And I've got friends, I've got sisters, like these are all my priorities stacking up. And this is what I touched on earlier. It's like, I'm gonna have to raise the priority of this meat. Like lifting is the priority. Mm -hmm. But then I open the calendar. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 12 weeks to prepare for this thing. And I've got a wedding. I'm going to Arizona. I've got a work trip. I'm, we're buying a company at work. Like I, I'm going to be went to Vegas for, I went to Vegas. We went to a conference. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. Right. So, um, I had since lifting had to be a priority for those 12 weeks. I had to figure out how I was going to lift while traveling a lot. I spent a lot of time traveling in those three months, four months, three months. (laughs) I can do math three months. So, um, you have to figure out if, when you commit to something like this or anything, how does that program fit into the other things I'm doing? Is it going to be overwhelming? Is it even doable? Right. And I had that conversation with my coach. I told him about this. Wed- I had a wedding the week before my meet. That's right. <laughs> is, is this doable, Leanne? And we had that conversation. So I had to lift while traveling. That was my reality. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happened And we talked about how you have to fuel for these competitions. I was traveling a lot. I was working a lot. I like to cook. I was not going to be able to do prep. It was going to fall on the priority list. And by the way, meal prep is a huge priority for me. Mm -hmm. It's really important to me. It makes me feel good. It keeps my brain act like good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It gets me through the work stuff. It gets me through the workouts. Like, very important to me. The planning is really important, but I just wasn't going to be able to do it. So got in touch with my girl, Katrina. (laughs) (laughs) Katrina's business has been doing my meal prep for this entire meat cycle. 
So um, all my breakfasts and lunch had been prepared by a, a different person other than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband, he got all his meals taken care of there too. We obviously are, you know, very um, thankful that we have resources to be able to do that. I don't want to say lucky because. No, oh, yeah, really, and works our buns off for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not luck. But we're thankful that we have the ability to do that. And I found ways that I could outsource some of my prior priorities so that I could do the new stuff, which was the meat prep. So we did um, the meal prep service. And then a huge thing that I did for this meat cycle was I hired preventative injury physical therapy for the first time. So um, a monthly recurring PT appointment Um, and that I had always been in a position where I would go to PT when I hurt myself Mm -hmm. and because I needed to focus on recovery, I was like, no, we're going to do an athlete's program with a PT. I'm not messing around. I'm not saying this is going to keep me from getting injured, but then I'm going to know that I did what I could. Mm -hmm. So I, um, regular PT and talking to my husband, outsourcing food. Um, I also went to sports recovery center when I needed that. Um, but I don't want anyone listening to this to get the impression that I didn't make mistakes here too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made mistakes during this prep cycle. Um, I fucked up and I didn't get sleep like I should have been. I worked a lot during the actual week of the meet to the point where like you could argue unhealthy Mm -hmm. and I had a pretty significant kind of mental breakdown about two weeks out because I wasn't taking care of my sleep schedule. Um, I was working too hard and I had, I felt a sense of overcommitment and I just, I want to point this out because, um, this is not the first time that I've experienced that kind of overwhelm and like, I can't do this. And what was I thinking? And I also want to point this out because I'm sure some people who might be listening to this have had that experience Mm -hmm. where you're like, this this is so dumb. Like, why am I so stupid (laughs) to overcommit (laughs) like this? And I need, I want to point out too, you don't have to be training for a powerlifting meet or a triathlon or something to experience what Leanne is talking about. We hear this every week in our group. Yeah. And so don't feel like this is, this is your life. If you are a high-performing person, this is your life right now. Yeah. This is your life. It's normal. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not to say that I know how you feel, but- Yeah. Like I had some big mistakes here at the very end of this meat cycle. Uh, My, I texted Kylie one morning and said, my ring, my aura ring just logged that I took a nap. I didn't go to bed. So I have no sleep data, (laughs) no sleep data, four days max before your, before your meet. It might've been Thursday. I don't remember Wednesday. I got to bed before the week of the meet. I got to bed before 11 one night it was like sunday monday tuesday finally slept thursday and then i went to bed on friday because of the meet the next day i got 
pulled into a project at work that was not really, it's never a good time. I'm like, I'm getting this like gut squeeze right now. Just even thinking about what that week felt like for me. And the prior week to that, I had had a mindset breakdown. So this, you know, I was so excited about this meet. Everything's good. Feeling really good. My lifts are getting stronger. Um, Debatedly, I, I actually peaked squat a little bit early in the program. And my squat started to feel really bad. Um, I was so sick of squatting. Mm. Some of this process doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I want to be clear about that. It is not sunshine, rainbow, and butterflies in preparing for an athletic event like a powerlifting meet. It's extremely like empowering and it's amazing to do, but there are downs, downs to it as well. Um, my squat was suffering. I couldn't even, I, we skipped squat on a pretty important day of the prep because just bending my, my, my hips, my knee, like nothing hurt, but it was just like, horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I cried tears and tears and tears to the trainer. We cut the the session short. Like there was just, it was bad. I freaked out, had a knee-jerk reaction and texted the coach that day, that morning and said, I need to lose 20 pounds right now. Cause I got on the scale I regularly get on the scale and I collect the information and data and it's, it's not something I typically look into too much or let it bug me too much. But that day I got on the scale, it was a bigger number than I had seen in a very long, very long time. And I freaked out, Mm -hmm. freaked out. I texted my coach. I said, I understand that this meet is in less than two weeks, but I need to lose 20 pounds as soon as it's over. This is real life. Like I, this is real life. Yes. (laughs) It was that I texted Kylie too. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this, this is happening to me right now. And you know, my weight is really bugging me right now. And, um, just the side of food, the side of a barbell, like I am not okay right Mm -hmm. now. Well, and that's like, that's part of it. Part of it. And my trainer said to me, okay, like, and he's really good. And he works with a lot of women around my age. And he's like, he's great. He's like, okay, well, like, you know, what would you say to a client? Like, you are the client. And I don't want you to think like you shouldn't have this reaction. But like, what would you say to a client here? Like, well, it's definitely a knee-jerk thing. Like mm-hmm. it's not about losing 20 pounds as soon as this is over. It's about, this is really hard right now. And this is an experience that you're having right now. And this is how you're feeling right now. What can we do? Right. Like what's today look like mm-hmm. instead? Okay. Today looks like I'm getting ready for this meet and I'm going to, I'm going to be lifting today and I'm going to eat well, and I'm going to fuel my body. And that's what today looks like. I caught myself really looking ahead of after the meet on that day. And it was really messing with me, really messing with me. It went back to, I need to have one single goal. That goal right now is to get to that meet, Mm -hmm. perform the best I can and feel the best that I can doing that. So, and you um, know, the lack of sleep 
it's not that it, it it played into this, right? We are not ourselves. We cannot rationally think when we're short on sleep. So for, unfortunately for Leanne, it was almost like this perfect storm. She exhausted yeah. from training. She exhausted from work. She didn't get any sleep. And it's like, everything came to a head that, that it day. Did. It came crashing down. Um, I was really concerned. I was going to hurt myself lifting because mm-hmm. I was so sleep deprived at that point. Uh, you know, that week of the meet, I was getting less than half of the amount of sleep I should be in a night. Um, it it was hurting bad. And I felt like I was really having to compartmentalize how I was feeling there. And then um, logging on to the camera for work and sitting on the phone with someone for multiple hours working on this project I'd been pulled into. And um, I would just like, I felt really bad internally, but I did not have the ability to kind of sort through that for myself. And, um, I got really, really nervous about this meet coming up because of how that was feeling for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's like, it's just like you guys, Leanne does not, Leanne has a very intense demanding job. <laughs> yeah. So life doesn't stop just because you decide to train for a powerlifting meet or physique competition or a triathlon, you still have to be an adult and do all your roles. Yep. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, just life. (laughs) It's just life. And that's, I mean, that's going to be the reality. So I got through that week and I got good sleep the night before, even though I really should have been doing that all week. <laughs> and I got hyped and kind of, then it became day of, and it was like, this, this is why I did this. Like, I'm really excited about this. Like, I know it was the right decision for me. I made some mistakes along the way, like we just talked about, but it was the right decision for me to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So we get up on meet day <clears throat> and I want to touch on just the culture of the sport a little bit and what that day looks like. So this particular meet that I did this time was actually hosted, uh, a big event was hosted by NPC. (laughs) So it was called the Branch Warren Classic. And um, it was unlike any other uh, of the other two meets that I had done. This was like an expo, if you will. So there was a strongman competition, a USA powerlifting competition, the one I was doing, and there was a physique and bodybuilding NPC event. So you walked in, I had weigh-ins start at 6am. So I had to get there at 6am feeling good. I am a little bit dehydrated and hungry because I have a weigh-in and I'm right at the top of kind of my weight class. So it was like, I'll eat after weigh-in, not a big deal. You know, it's a little bit like, okay, I'm cutting it a little close, but it's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal, even if I don't, you know, but I get there and you've got strong men, comp- competitors, you've got very orange tan people. The women's bathroom is like, it's a scene, right? It's a scene of people putting on singlets for powerlifting and women putting on um, bikinis, like sparkly bikinis. And Kylie, I know you have some experience in this 
type of event as well. Uh, but it it was, we're looking at all spectrum. It's a wild, world. it's like at the zoo. You were like at the zoo, all the different kinds of animals. Yeah. And we also like the USA powerlifting competition was like on another side of the kind of arena area, but they had like an opening in the gate between the vents. And like we had full view of the stage where these women are competing for physique and a bikini bodybuilding and all of the things. So it's just like a scene, right? But we get there before events even start <clears throat> for weigh-in. And there are six others on kind of um, our team per se. Like we all have the same trainer. We were all competing together. So we're all kind of hyping each other up. You know, we got weigh-ins, not a big deal. Doesn't matter what you weigh in this. You just, they just need to know. So they put you in the right class or whatever. I missed weigh-in <laughs> by 0.25 kilograms. Oh. So it's like, it's pretty small. It's like yeah. half a pound or something. And I was, um, when I get nervous or I haven't had coffee and I haven't had uh, food, um, I can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm like, gosh, like, I know I would make it if I could just like <laughs> make that happen. Right. So I weigh in, um, and miss weight. And I said to the person who's taking weight, um, you know, when can I reweigh in? I, I probably just need to go to the bathroom be honest. And like, it's not a big deal, but it'd be nice to be in the other weight class. She's like, sure. Like you just have to weigh in before seven 30, come back. I'm like, okay. She's like, you know, if you're trying to qualify for nationals or something like that, and this is super important, like you can go get a cup and spit into it. This is like wrestling status. Seriously. Because... I just thought about wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, I'm not sure I want to do that. But like, if I just went to the bathroom, like I'd be fine. Well, I couldn't, like I'm there, I'm texting my, my, um, other athlete friends. I'm like, you guys, like I, I miss weigh in and kind of trying to deal with that. They're starting like a lifters orientation. And I'm like, I'm not going to be there. Like I took a run around the building. <laughs> trying to get some movement. Just move things <laughs> through. Right. So I'm running around the building. Coach is like walking up with his Chick-fil-A. I'm like, Hey, I'm just like going for a run around the building. He's laughing. He knows this isn't like, it's, it doesn't matter yeah. if I miss weigh in. Anyway, I go back in for weigh in before seven 30. I am still unsuccessful in getting my body to kind of cooperate there. I miss weigh in by 0.16. Also to be clear, my scale at home told me I would make weigh in. So uh -huh. it's fine. Like I said, it's fine, but I'm like, moving from a non not as competitive weight class to the most competitive women's weight class so i'm like all right and this is interesting because some people in my weight class are quite a bit larger than me just from a weight perspective probably have more muscle um i am the lowest in the new weight class yeah, so she's I'm the like, smallest in the strong the person's weight class, weight class. <laughs> Not the, not, not the weakest, as you'll hear in a moment, but the smallest person in this weight class. So I'm like, all right, well, here we are. And I'm just like, it's fine. And someone in our team, she was like, it was her first meet. She was just stressed out about a lot of things, um, feeling a little bit emotional. I'm like, you know what? Maybe my, my little mess up here will make her feel better. Oh, yeah. So I went and talked to her. You know, I'm like, hey, I missed weight. Like, it's not a big deal. And 
she's crying and she's stressed out and all of these things. So um, it kind of like my kind of lose there <laughs> kind of helped the team, I think, because it lightened the mood a little yeah. bit. Like Leanne missed weigh-in, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, she couldn't poop. <laughs> she, she couldn't poop. Correct. That's basically what happened. So, um, but everyone is like super encouraging and supportive. So that was really awesome. Um, then, you know, we start uh, warmups uh, right around eight when, so I was in the second flight out of three for the morning session. We start warmups again. Some of the new lifters are feeling a little bit just emotional in general. It's, it's an intense environment. You're all, they moved our warm-up section, like we were in the wrong spot and then they moved us. We're trying to get plates. We're trying to get bars. We're the morning session when they're kind of getting organized. So it's fine. Um, and we'd already done weigh-ins. We'd done uh, rack heights. We'd done safety bar heights. Like you have to put a lot of information in saying, here's what my opener weights are going to look like. So we do that. Um, <clears throat> and the powerlifting community is very, very supportive. Food is a really interesting thing to experience in that community. <clears throat> so our trainer had given us guidance on what to bring food-wise. Kind of traditional, what you do is you weigh in and then you eat. <laughs> and you eat to make sure that you are appropriately loaded from a carbohydrate standpoint. That's kind of the biggest deal. Make sure your blood sugar is... is um, leveled out a little bit, but you need to like eat in general. Mm -hmm. um, so you, we were instructed to bring, um, you know, a protein for after weigh-in, but then um, some dense carbs essentially. And you want a combination of simple and complex carbs in that scenario. Uh, Cause you just need your body to get to kind of an optimal performance level. The culture is interesting um, because you start eating and then you start to see what people are eating around you. <laughs> it's a lot of candy. It's a lot of sugar. It's a lot of sugary drinks. It's a lot of all these things that you might not traditionally think of as like good foods. It's borderline binge, mm -hmm. binge uh, behavior. And it feels a little bit awkward in general. Um, my first meet, right after weigh-in, I sat next to a guy who ate a dozen Costco muffins. He ate a dozen? He ate a dozen. Like those fat ones? Big Costco muffins. Like the, they look like Otis Spunkmeyer muffins. Correct. He ate 12 of them. Wow. Because he wanted to add weight back, uh. get carbs up, all these things. So this is the part that feels awkward to me. Um, just the eating, people are looking at what you're eating. There's a lot of candy, you know, it's eight in the morning, you're eating candy. It's, it's just kind of, that's the part that I don't necessarily like as much, but there is a performance aspect that you have mm -hmm. to think about. So, um, but I'm a little bit sensitive personally to just binge eating behaviors um, because it's something that I've experienced in a pattern behavior in several years ago, but very yeah. real for me. So that part is really difficult and you've got to kind of, you've got to stay focused and in the game, but you're going to see that. Um, so I'm also in this point, I'm headphones on 
because I need to start getting focused because there's a lot going on around me. And this is just like a good reminder. Like you're always going to be distracted by what other people are doing, comparing yourself to other people. And when you're in a, a competition setting like that, it's really, it's very real. I even found myself like comparing myself to one of the bikini girls getting ready, yeah. you know, like it, it's just real. And I want to fully like be fully transparent on that. So mm. you go, you eat a bunch, you eat sugar. Um, I, I didn't really load up too much on the candy. I, my husband bought me a muffin at the coffee shop. He's like, do you need anything? I'm like, I, I need like a bread or something. Um, I had dried fruit. I brought a whole meal, which actually it was, it's hard when you're nervous going into something, it's kind of hard to eat, honestly, but you know that you need to fuel to get ready for the event. So we get in and, um, <laughs> so it's, you start with the squat. I successfully did all the squat. I PR'd my competition squat. It was exciting time. Everyone did great on our team. We've got one girl breaking down in tears, crying again after that. She's just an emotional person, but I think she was just nervous and scared and wanted to perform her best really hard on herself. I've been there. We've all been there. So, you know, talking to her between events, then we do our bench. Um, I failed a bench for a technical call because I jumped a start. You, so the judging thing, you've got judges on both sides. You've got a judge at the front. They're making sure that you do full depth or full range. They're making sure you start at the right time. There's commands involved, but we get through that. We get to deadlift. I'm set to PR my deadlift, which is really exciting. Successfully did all the deadlift as well. Um, and the event is exciting, right? People are cheering you on. I want to touch really quickly on one thing that did happen in this meet um, that I think is really important. Um, there was an announcer, uh. <laughs> an announcer at this meet who um, I honestly don't think he knew he was doing it, but I touched on the male dominance aspect of this sport. He was, um, He's been very involved in the powerlifting community. Uh, he competed, I believe. He's People know him. Mm -hmm. He's got a, a reputation. He was very vocal during this meet, during the women lifters, particularly um, in kind of a negative context in general. Very um, condescending. Um, just condescending. Just an observer. Yep. Yeah. He made a comment after one of my lifts, like, oh, she went too light. Like, it was a great lift. But he was digging at my coach for not selecting the correct weight that I should have weight, um, lifted. He called out a girl for miscalculating her, her weight on a bench. And she said something to him, like, I've lifted that before. And I, you know, that was intentional, but he like called her out for thinking she had miscalculated it. Um, he, we had a lifter who uh, was kind of mad at herself that she got a technical call um, just because she knew that she could not get the technical call if she had just thought about it a little bit more. And he thought she was questioning the call. 
And so he was just like kind of all over the lifters on um, what he, what his opinion was. And he was saying these things as you walked up to the platform or as you walked off the platform, which I had never experienced in the other two meets. So um, it was a little bit, it was another distraction we were dealing with. And in, in all honesty, it felt um, a little bit sexist, if I'm being honest, um, because we weren't seeing that as often or as much um, with the men's team lifters. So it was kind of like this underlying tone that we were all, and even those outside of the, the group that I was lifting with, had the same experience happening for them. Like, what, what is this guy doing? Right? Like, why is he saying these things? Why is, why is it even a thing? Like he's supposed to be announcing the lifter, maybe a couple comments. If they had, you could put notes in about, you know, is this a PR for you? Blah, blah, blah. Announce the weight, get on with it. And we had just this additional yeah. And it wasn't even like good color commentary. Like I would have taken that mic and done a bang up job of awesome color commentary. This was just unnecessary, not necessarily kind. And again, I don't know shit about the sport, but I knew that that was not okay. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear. I have a lot of respect for the association for a lot of reasons that I won't get into right now. Yeah. Um, but I was really having a hard time with this guy. Um, so it's just something that is, is kind of part of the deal. Um, it's hard, but I am very optimistic that more and more women will get involved. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I truly don't believe that person knew that they were coming off that way, which is not an excuse. He should be aware, but um, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt that it's, it's just a culture problem yeah, right. that should be addressed. So um, to kind of wrap up here, because I know we're coming at the hour, I, this experience, it definitely has a, it plays a role in mindset. It's not easy, but it's so nice to do something different. It's so nice to train for something different. And in general, like, yes, I had some of those mindset issues feeling a little heavier. I'm building muscle. That's part of building muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Things happen on the scale. Um, it's not a measurement of weight and waste and all these things. It's a measurement of progressing and celebrating what you've done in the last, not just 12 weeks, but years, right? I would have never done something like this years back. Um, it's not about what you, um, it's not subjective, right? It's, it's weight on the bar. It's sure. It's what you weigh too. It's very numbers oriented. Probably why I really like it. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I highly encourage anyone who, even if you don't think you're like the strongest person in the room, get out and do something like this or something different. Like it doesn't matter, but maybe you can do something different. It doesn't have to be about getting leaner. It doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. you're not forced to one goal, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I put my mind to all of those things and I actually did really well on last Saturday. Like I did great. I placed. <laughs> in, in the, in the really hard weight class. 
I placed and it was cool. I've never gotten a medal, right? Like I placed and I lifted great. And yeah, I failed a lift and I got a technical on a lift, but I, yeah. And the, by the way, the woman that won hella strong, like it was so cool to watch her lift. She's probably 20 pounds heavier than you too. Yes, she was. She was heavier than me. She can lift more weight. She was an experienced lifter as Uh well. Uh, Also, I'm kind of the old lady. I know Mm. that sounds crazy, but a lot of the women lifters are in their late twenties at the most. Um, and I'm I find that interesting. I'm honestly very surprised. Yeah. And we did see a couple, um, women in later age, um, in one of the flights, but it, it's pretty much a younger women dominant sport. I know. So if you're thinking about this, like get into it. (laughs) I, I know why Leanne. Why? Because diet culture. It is diet like, culture. Uh, you know, these are our revive women. Getting them to go through the mental challenge of putting all like physique stuff aside would be yeah. really, 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 really hard. But that means, uh, you know, I'd be in masters. I could kick ass. <laughs> yes. And like, it also, it gives me a little bit of hope for like the slightly younger than me. Yes. Women, because they are doing this. Yeah. like, hell yes like these women are lifting like people are lifting weights they see the benefits of that and I'm super excited about these women that are slightly younger than me Mm -hmm. doing this right now yeah I mean 20 years ago 10 maybe I mean our only option was the physique route like right I'm watching Leanne pulling almost 300 pounds and deadlifts but through the dividers I can see the physique girls on the platform. This wasn't an option. All we had was putting on a bikini and prancing around and showing what our bodies look like, not what our bodies can do. So I would, I'm with you. I love the fact that the younger girls, women are doing this. I love it. I mm. love it so much. And there was like a 19 year old. She was incredibly strong doing this. I'm just so, it gives me like a little bit of like hope for a bit of a diminishing diet culture it's going to be a thing um but this sport is really important in kind of making a statement there um which is a big reason I'm really into it and so yeah so I just I think that's important to point out and I know this has been kind of a you know like a progressing story along this podcast but I hope this is like interesting to kind of go through the chain of events because I want to just like paint the picture that there's more you can do goals wise or, you know, having, having an event to train for, there's a wide range of types of events you can get involved in and you don't have to be a a high performance athlete to do these things. Um, There's great trainers and people to help support you along the way. There's coaches to help with the mindset stuff. And it's okay to have the downs. Yeah, it's all part part of it. You know, and even if you're listening to this and like a powerlifting competition is not ever on your radar or a strongman competition, strong woman competition, the point is a lot of y'all's lives are like an extreme sport. You know, these are the people that we're working with. You're on the board of this. You're the VP of that. You got the three kids. You're going to this and that and that and that. And so when Leanne's talking about priorities, it doesn't matter if you're not training for something because you are training for life. And so if you can't get food prepared for yourself, you have to outsource it. Outsource it. If 
you can't make time for your workouts. We got to, we, we got to shift some things around because it's not about working out to look a certain way. It's about being healthy and vibrant and able-bodied when you're 80. For sure. Wow. Yeah. So that was my experience. Um, I'm like super thankful that I had an opportunity to share this experience yeah. along the way. I've like, I've said to Kylie, I want to be able to share this experience, but I also need to process it a little bit, um, wow. especially those downs that I was having. But to kind of put this out there and share it is it's really special for me. And um, I hope, you know, if it's something you're thinking about doing, I hope I hope it lands a little bit for you as well. Yeah. So. I do have one question. You know, we talk about you can't be in a deficit. Do you know like where your calories were? And calories are always individual, you guys. But yep. do you have any idea what that looked like from a macro standpoint? Yeah. So um, it is higher carbs than I would do in like even just a regular maintenance. So 45% carb. And I was eating probably in the 34 to 3600 calorie range during that process. 34 to 3,600. Mm -hmm. Really? And you guys have to understand Leanna's a small person. I am. Yeah. I'm five, three. Yeah. Uh, when I stand up straight <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, my weight has ranged a lot. Um, I weighed in at, I think it was what 167 or 168 for this meet. Mm -hmm. I've been as low as one I'm full transparency. I've been as low as 130 six ish. I've been as high as to 10. Um, I never would say you want to swing your weight in a, in a short period of time. I haven't done that. It's yeah. been very gradual up or very gradual down big weight range. Right. And I have to just, and also if I don't pay attention and I just, you know, throw it out to the wind, I'm, my lifestyle and my habits can lead to weight gain. That's mm -hmm. just the reality for me. I have to be mindful, but during this process, it's about muscle building. I'm active. I'm lifting a lot. I'm eating a lot, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of the reality there. So yes, I can shift that when I'm not training, I can toggle that down quite a bit, wow. uh, but it's also empowering to know that I have a lot to work with. 100%. Well, and I want to ask you about that too, because for those clients who do come to us and do say, yeah, I want to build muscle and I want to lose weight. I truly don't think unless you've worked with us, you don't know what it actually takes to build muscle. You have to be in, I mean, yes, you can build some muscle and maintenance, but if you want to do it as efficiently as possible, if you really want to focus on strength, you yep. have to eat for that. It takes fuel. Yep. Definitely had to be in a surplus for that. Um, and even like in a, something like building muscle, you can't just be maintenance. Honestly, you're going to be going to be up against it, to be yeah. honest. Um, and you also have to be training a certain way. Mm -hmm. The, the calories and the food are super important. And I, I call it most important in a muscle build other than probably sleep and recovery. Yeah. But uh, you you have to be training a certain way. So if you're really looking for body recomposition, you need to do the food piece, set that up, but then your training needs to be a certain way. So if that's not a reality for you, you're not likely to see a lot of body recomposition changes. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's why we follow a progressive overload training plan. Like this is the way that you build muscle. And if you've never strength trained before, it's cool. Like just pick up some dumbbells. Great. But start there. Yeah. Yeah. When you are ready to like actually do this and get serious and not serious as in training for a competition, but like, I want to see what my body can do that that's progressive overload. If I come dumbbells are only going to get you so far. It's a commitment. You have to commit to the training and you have to look at it as a big picture view. It can't be about what I see on a little device that I stand on. Like you just, it's gotta be about more than that. You well, might need that piece of evidence or yes. data, but it's gotta be more. With, and, and this goes into our, you know, um, our money and fitness and um, nutrition talk, the parallels, you, you have to have that sacrifice in the upfront and the sacrifice is the leanness, is the weight loss. Because for the greater good, for your retirement account, for that house you're building, whatever, you have to have the money in the bank and you can't do it if you're always spending it. Yeah. Well, and the number is interesting too. Like I, my sister came over the night before because she was coming to the meet. I was like, look, I'm like kind of close on the weight class. She's like, well, what do you need to be at? And so, you know, and I tell her everything, tell her what I'm weighing and where I need to be. She's like, what? You weigh that much? Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. People take on weight in different ways. Muscle weighs, you know, we always say muscle weighs a lot. Like, stop looking at that number and letting it tell you what you are. <laughs> like, and especially if you're lifting weights, like I, I, I do love the scale for data. Liana is a data nerd. However, it's not telling you everything. And the longer you're lifting weights, the more irrelevant it becomes. It becomes more irrelevant. Agreed completely. And, you know, I've got to remind myself of that all the time as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. One other question. Do you remember what you, um, squatted in your first meet? Probably like a 220, somewhere around there. And what did you squat this meet? 253. 30 pounds in three years. That's (laughs) That's wild. You guys, what about your deadlift? Cause your deadlift is really what blew me away. Yeah. First, so first my first last meet, I deadlifted 235, which was, I think higher than my first meet. And that was after that four week out injury mm-hmm. 235. And I deadlifted almost 292 pounds. 292. That is 60 more pounds. That would not happen if Leanne were eating 1700 calories a day. Yeah. That is like progressive overload textbook. That is textbook progressive overload. Please do not expect to take your deadlift up 60 pounds in a year. Okay. That's not normal. Less than a year. (laughs) Less than a year. But I know. Eat right. Train right. Recover right. Most of the time recover right. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So that's what it looked like for me. Um, Everyone's experience feels a little different, I'm sure, but hopefully kind of shed light on what the sport is about and what it, you know, what it can do for your mind. And I feel more like an athlete than I did however many years ago. And that's a work in process. Right. So by the way, I'm not, I did not grow up as an athlete. I didn't play sports. 
So this all like coming into my adult life and experiencing this, it's like really special for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Leanna is such a, I mean, she's a musician. She's a skilled musician. She's so great at it. (laughs) Vocally on the piano, like that's what she does. But now she has this. And I just think for us women, the more we can get away from just focused on what our bodies look like and more what they can do, we're not ever going to go wrong with that. That's right. And as adult women, there's less sports for us to do. Like when CrossFit started coming up, I think a lot of women in their thirties and forties were doing that because they were soccer players and basketball players and swimmers. And we finally had this thing we could compete in, but from, you know, the joint standpoint and the impact, I'm not sure how sustainable it is, but lifting, we're going to be able to lift until we're 95 years old. Yeah. I mean, until the day you die, you're going to be able to lift weights. I, and I'm so excited for it. Right. Like I'm so excited for what's to come. I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, I need to lift more next year. And then, then more the next year and more, but this is like something I can do, even if it's not as much in 10 years. Right. And I, you know, adjusted for that, but it's still like a sport you can do to, to your level. And I love it. And it's, it's only serving us. You know, I think about that all the time. Because also as a female, you think, oh, am I too muscular? I have these same thoughts, right? And here's what I always tell myself, Kylie, in five years, 10 years, this muscle is going to be really hard to build and maintain. So bite the bullet now, build as much as you can now. And if you're Leanne's age and in your thirties, build as much as you can now, because it is your insurance policy as you get into your 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. So true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Aline and I could talk forever. (laughs) I know you got to get back to work. (laughs) Oh no, you're off to Vegas. I am. I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to kind of celebrate the meet being over, um, getting through the work week. I need a, I need a day off from work. So, um, I'm going with friends to Vegas and I'm super excited. Oh, well, I'm hot off the press. Um, I'm going to put more work on Leanne's plate. So Leanne does have room for like one or two one-on-one clients. She's the absolute best coach. You guys, absolute best. Um, Reach out to me or her. You can send us a DM. Emily, my operations girl, is still getting it up on the website. There's been so much to update with the (laughs) transition. So just send us if you want to work with Leanne because she's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to... um take on a couple of one-on-one clients and, and, and if you have any questions, let me know, but yeah, super excited to kind of launch that program as well. Yeah. Well, I'll have uh, Leanne's contact info, including her cell phone and email address. <laughs> I won't do that, but I will tell you where you can find Leanne. So you can reach out to her. Uh, Leanne, thank you so much. Thanks for being so amazing. Thanks, Kylie. I'll talk to you soon. Have fun in Vegas. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Far From Perfect today. There are a few ways which you can support the podcast. Number one would be to rate and review on Apple iTunes. Number two would be to share this podcast with a friend. Either text them the link or share it on social media. Tag me and I will also share that on my social media. And then the brands that I am associated with, the ones that I trust, Outwork Nutrition Supplements, use code Kylie to save 10% on your first purchase. I use their pre-workout and recovery drink, which has your daily dose of creatine in it. 
It is self-tanning season, so Glow Pro Self Tanner. Use code LARSEN to save 5% on your purchase. And then, of course, my favorite beauty counter. From skincare to makeup, we've got you covered with safer products that actually perform. You can go to beautycounter.com backslash Kylie Larson. And I have links to all of these things in the show notes. Please let me know if there's a guest you think I should have on. And until next time, have a great day.